The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. About five years ago or so, someone told me that the day will come when I will have to stand here and do this, and that scared me. It really did. And I'm here now, and I'm still scared. It hasn't changed. But uh, before I get into this, I want to say a few things about preaching and preachers. You know, I consider the job of a preacher, a good preacher, um, an amazing thing to know that God himself will call a sinful man to declare his word. I can never get over that. The, the job of a preacher is, is perhaps more important than any president of any country, any CEO of any company. Anything that you can think of, is there's nothing like preaching. Because it's God himself who, who selects the man to do this job. And it's, it's a very demanding job, very difficult the, the things that pastors have to put up with and deal with on a daily basis that goes behind the scenes that most people don't know what's going on in the church. I can tell you for sure that it's, it's not easy. And for me, to be here, I feel like a little shrimp because <laughs> I am not qualified to do this, I can tell you that. But I know for sure that, that pastors are special people because, again, it's God himself who, who selects the man for the job. And to be called to be a preacher is, is, is the highest call that any man can receive because, again, it's God himself that's the choosing. Romans ten seventeen. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And then again, Romans ten fourteen. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not heard uh, believed? And how shall they believe in him on whom they have not heard. And how shall they hear without a preacher? Again, if a man has been called to be a preacher, he has been called to do something absolutely amazing. And then preaching. I told pastor a long time ago that, I, that I, I'm fascinated by preachers, preachers who, who, who really do their homework and and prepare how they, they do it without stumbling or what they're saying. It just, it just flows. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> and, and so that, that's incredible. But preaching is an amazing thing. You know, if you consider how much power is in preaching, and I think that's what I explained. That explains how Paul will say in, in, in 2 Timothy 2, 4, uh, 4, 2, preach the word. Uh, being instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Uh, preaching is the thing that you have to do, whether it's popular or not, whether people are willing to receive it or not. It is a job. If you are a safe person, you have an obligation to maybe not stand in a place to preach, but to declare to whoever you come in contact with and tell them about the Lord. Preaching has the power to deliver anyone from any sin. Preaching has power and authority. And this is why preaching 
to an unsafe person sometimes sounds like hate speech because nobody likes to have the spot on, you know, the spotlight put on. They don't like to hear it. But the Bible is the word of God, regardless of what people think. This is what we, this, this is what we preach, and there's nothing more powerful than the word of God. And preaching is the tool we have to declare God's word to the world. And, and so there is no replacement for it. This is why, again, preaching will get under your skin. Because when you preach and you have the, the Bible to back you up, which is God's word. And people don't like to hear that. You know, every time you point out sins to people, they hate you. <laughs> You'll experience that sometimes at work. You know, people that you run on the streets and you try to tell them about the Lord. Or if they're involved in sins that you tell them about what God demands of humanity, they don't want to hear it. But again, if you want to hear the power of preaching, I have invited a few people to come with me down to Avenal State Prison. If you want to see the power of preaching, please talk to me. I'll set you up and we'll go down there. You'll see what it's like. It's an amazing thing to see the power of preaching in a place like that. Even the most ruthless criminals, people who have committed unspeakable crimes, when they are exposed to the preaching of God's word, they bowed the knee to the Lord. To me, when I got saved, the thing that was interesting, it was learning that teaching from this book can drastically change the way people think. And I didn't get it then. No, but the first time I came here, I went home scratching my head because I thought that he knew me. Because everything he said sounded like he was prepared just for me. And, and I knew there was something there that I needed to, to, to understand. I didn't know what it was. But after attending for six months, I'm a slow learner, okay, but I got it. <laughs> six months later, one day, like a light bulb, you know, like a light went on, and I got it, and it made sense. And I realized then that it wasn't the preacher attacking me. It was, it was God himself, you know. The Holy Spirit was convicting me of my sins. And I knew what I had to do. And so, I repented of my sins and I gave my life to Christ and never looked back. And then I got into the Bible because I wasn't satisfied just knowing that I was saved. I wanted to know what it's like or what it meant to be saved. And all I can say is that I wish I knew these things when I was growing up. Just leave it at that. Now, when you get a chance, thank our pastor. To do this is, is hard. It's not, it's not easy. It's After you prepare a message, you have to preach it to yourself several times. Many, many times. And after you, pre you preach it to yourself, you have to prepare mentally to stand here before you and preach it to you. And that's the scary part. Because I, I know where I'm standing, and, and I'm in the place of God, and this is, is, is not my place. I can tell you that no matter how much you prepare, the fear, for me at least, it never goes away. I, know how, I don't know how he does it, but he, it's always smooth and always easy, it seems like, but it's not easy. But I know that God has placed his, his word in our hands, and if you are a believer, it's only by the grace of God that we have the understanding to be able to, to get into the Bible and actually understand what we're looking at.
So, tonight I want to preach on the importance of searching the scriptures. The scriptures. I don't know if you understand how serious it is if you, if you claim to be a Christian, the necessity that we all have to really know who is Jesus. Who is this God that we claim to worship? Um, I don't think anybody really gets it. You know, we spend, I spend many hours studying, preparing, reading my Bible, studying my Bible, listening to sermons, and I don't understand it. I get, I get the basics, but I don't, I don't really get what I want to get. For me, the two reasons for which I really want to go to heaven, I want to go there soon, is because, number one, I want to know the one, I want to see the one who saved me. Number two, I want to know what's in the book. I really want to know what's in the book. So if you have a Bible, take it to John chapter, nine, chapter 5, verse 39. I only have one verse. I'll explain to you in a second why I only have one verse. I think you know where I'm going with this. John 5:39. You can remain sitting if you like. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Search the scriptures. Do you want to know who Jesus is? You can know who Jesus is by spending time in the book. Let us pray. My Father in heaven, what a, what a privilege it is to be here standing before you people tonight and be able to speak for you, Lord. Allow me, Lord, to, to do this for you, glory and honor. Lord, prepare you people. Give me the wisdom that I need, Lord, to do this and to serve you better every day of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. When Jesus met a sick man in verse 5 of this chapter and decided to heal him on the Sabbath day, that incident made the Jews so angry that they wanted to kill him. But when Jesus made a reference to his father in verse 17, then they really wanted to kill him. Jesus did two things that day that, according to the Jews, was unacceptable. He had broken the Sabbath and had said that God was his father, making himself equal with God in verse 18. And then in verse 19, he goes into a lengthy discourse, concluding with a rebuke. And he reminds them that it was Moses who wrote of him, of him and if if they honor Moses, they would have honored him. I find this incredible that the one that was promised way back in Genesis 3.15 was standing right there in front of them, and they missed him. I have no idea. It's hard for me to believe that they missed him, but somehow they did. They did miss him. So I want to speak to you for a few minutes on the benefits of studying and searching the scriptures. Um, I will put in, I'll be putting a lot of emphasis on searching the scriptures. And this is nothing personal towards anyone in here, because I would never attack my church family. I really like my church family, and I would never do that. But this is some of the things that I have seen in the short time that I've been saved. And Christianity in America is in decline because we have abandoned the book. 
far too many Christians spend a lot of time doing other things other than reading their Bible. Everybody is busy. We are all busy. But many people are busy like termites, just busy doing nothing, you know, doing all kinds of things, but not doing anything that will benefit him and grow up in the Christian life. It's impossible to grow up in your Christian life if you're wasting time doing other things other than spending time in your Bible. If you are truly saved, you will love the Word of God. So I want to spend a few minutes on that. One of the problems that we, we face, and again, it's not our church, I'm talking about the church in general, is convincing Christians to read their Bible. And I don't know why they don't do it, but I know they don't do it. I was talking to an old friend of mine who was a preacher a while ago, and he was telling me that many of the problems that we face in church is the result of Christians not reading their Bibles. The Bible will change your life. But this is not a new problem. Christians face many, many distractions from sports activities, electronic devices, um, homeschool with our kids, um, vacations, church activities, and many other things, working long hours. When do you find time to study your Bible? Somehow you have to fit it in your schedule, and that should be priority number one. But we put all these other things before this without understanding that this is our source of life. If we're going to, to spend eternity with, with the Lord, we need to know who he is. We should learn about who God is before we get there. And we can know that by spending time in the Bible. Searching the scriptures requires dedication, consistency. You need to be steady at what you do every day, day in and day out. Study every, every book, every word, every chapter. And this is an enormous task. It will take you a lifetime commitment and a real desire to know what's in the Bible. Reading a verse here and there or spending five minutes once a week or only when you come to church, you'll never grow. It's impossible to grow. And with demands of daily activities, it's hard to find time to do it. But if we claim to be Christians, we must do it. We have to do it. Every book, every word in the book is the word of God, not just the ones in red letters, for those of you who have a red letter edition Bible. Proverbs 30, verse 5, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Psalm 138, verse 2. I think this is Gary Moline's favorite verse. I will worship towards thy holy temple. I will praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. And then Psalm 12, one, uh, verse 6. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. God puts a lot of emphasis in his word. And the Bible has a lot to say about the Bible. So we need to pay attention to the words. That's from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21 and everything in between. But to me, it's hard to believe that they're Christians who really don't read their Bibles. And that's evidence it's very evident by the way they behave, I can tell you that. So let's get into this. Number one, I do. 
Studying the scriptures should be the number one priority for every believer from the day he or she gets saved. You need to get on a quest, on a mission to really know what's in the book. Studying the, the scriptures will show you that there is room for improvement. We can all do better when it comes to living a Christian life. I don't believe that it's okay to be content just knowing that we have avoided hell. Uh, to me, it doesn't satisfy me just knowing that. I think that if you are Christian and you have avoided hell, avoiding hell is just an extra bonus that you get. That's not, that's not all that there's in it. You know, avoiding hell, to me, is, is, is very minute. When you really look at the scope of what God has in his plan. So I, I, I really don't, <laughs> that's the thing that got me saved, ending up in hell. But when you, when you look at the whole thing, that is really not it, you know. Mr. Andrew this morning on his way out the door made a, a comment about the sermon the pastor preached this morning about how people don't make a lot of noise about stealing from God, time from God. Searching the scriptures will teach you to use your time wisely. We all get 24 hours in a day from the peasant to the king. Everybody does. What you do with it is up to you. Many hours of time are wasted every day by different people doing useless things. Like spending time looking at a, I call it the idiotizing box. I don't like to be idiotized by the box. I, I, I try to watch zero TV. And if I watch it, it's something that I, that I can learn from. But just watching pre-recorded stuff with laughter in it, I, I don't do it. I just don't. The only way to grow in the knowledge of God is spending time in the book, watching TV, playing video games. For the most part, it's a waste of time. There's no good news out there. When you study your Bible, you will learn that if you are interested in telling people about the Lord, it's easier to tell people about Jesus if you have some verses in your head. Memorize it. Memorize the Bible. Now, you don't have to say, it's in the Bible, but... Where in the Bible? You need to know where in the Bible it is that you're talking about. So searching the scriptures will, will, will help you understand that. Again, your salvation is not to be taken for granted. Compromising with the world, with the things of this world, in order to gain acceptance is not an option. And that is one area that many people, especially young Christians, are afraid and they give in because they want to be popular. They want to go with the flow. They, they, want to, they don't want to lose their friends. So they compromise. I see that every day. When you read and study your Bible, you will see that we have nothing in common with unsaved people. Simply behaving like a child of God will get you in trouble and will make you very unpopular. People don't like you if you are a Christian. If you enjoy reading and studying your Bible, according to your friends and family members, you are nothing but a hairball. It's true. I, I see it with my, my own family. I see that they, you know, that's why I go hide in a, in a corner when I go to their house and I just, me and my Bible, you know. True Christians will never pass a test of what is considered normal nowadays in a shrink office. Everything that is normal nowadays is is is. is Contrary to the word of God and what God demands of a true born-again Christian, you know. 
what the world considers normal is not normal to you and me. Studying the Bible will make you compassionate. I don't know if you have family members, friends, co-workers that are unsaved. You know, this to me is, is, is a major blow to not just our church, but true churches in general. Because we're not taking the gospel out. There are millions of people that are dying and going to hell, and we could do something about it, but we're not doing it. It will make you compassionate. The best way you can tell someone that you care is by telling them about Jesus. Understanding that every person without Christ, if they should die, they will go to hell. That is your mother, your father, your brother, your uncle, your co-worker, my family, everybody without Christ, you will never see them again if they should die without Christ with their sins on them. If you are a true born-again Christian, that should drive you first to go to your knees and pray and then tell them. It's better to make them angry for a little while and then they will come to the Lord and spend eternity in heaven than to have them happy and go to hell. It doesn't make sense. The desire to go out there and tell people about the Lord will only come if you understand where you were going when you got, before you got saved. If you got saved when you were a little older, you know where you were going for sure. Unless you were born in, in church like that over here, he knows everything about the Bible. If you want to know how to get saved, go see that. He knows everything. Okay? I'm hoping that he'll be a preacher one day. But you know, <laughs> it's true. If you care about people, you will tell them about the Lord. You will tell them. You can't keep this to yourself. All the tools we need to tell them, is they're in the book, really. But the only way you can do this is if you memorize, you learn it. You need to spend time in it. It's necessary that we do this. But I can tell you that we fail to understand that apart from our salvation, the best gift that we have received from God is the Bible. God has not left us in the dark. We have, we, have what he's, we have what he told us, and it's in the book. And if Jesus tells us to search the scriptures, we should try to find out why he said that. When the Lord told the religious leaders in his time to search the scriptures, they only had the Old Testament. But that should have been enough for them. You know, these people were supposed to be experts in the law and the prophets. But somehow, they blew it somehow. The law and the prophets pointed to Jesus Christ himself, plus all the miracles he performed, proved that he was the one who claimed to be, because it's not an everyday thing. You get to see a man be raised from the dead, and they saw that, and they didn't get it. Again, I don't know how they didn't get it. But just like the people of his time rejected him, People continue to reject them, reject them even now. And you are more likely to hear the name of Jesus Christ used in profanity than to hear it in adoration. People blaspheme the name of Christ every day, everywhere you go. And they have no fear of God. None. To me, it's interesting that when you try to talk to people about the Lord, all you have to do is ask if they have ever read the book. The book. You know, without mentioning the Bible, they know exactly what you're talking about. There's only one book, and that is the book. Without mentioning the Bible, they know exactly what you're saying. So, I'm a hairball, I tell you that. 
without mentioning the Bible, they know what you're saying. So that tells me that they're ignorant because they want to be ignorant. They're willingly ignorant of the things of God. Everyone has access to the Bible, but they don't read it. It's obvious that God wants his creatures to know about him. That's why we got the Bible. Our problem is that we take for granted the book we have in our hands. 2 Peter 2.2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that they may grow thereby. You know, this is a simple illustration that Peter makes. For those of you who have kids, you know what it was like when they were little and they're hungry? You ever seen a six-month-old kid crying for milk? Every part of their body moves because they want that milk. It's true, you know? It should be like that with Christians, you know? Always hungry and thirsty to learn in the things of God. That's the way you should be. 1 John 2, 13. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. Our pastor preached a great sermon on this verse a few a while ago when we were going through John, First John. But in here you have the three stages of Christian development. You know, first you have your little babies. That's a newborn Christian, someone who I just got saved. They don't know anything about the Bible. They're saved, but beyond that, they don't know anything. But they don't stay like babies. You know babies? They don't stay like little babies always in the crib. Eventually, they crawl out of the crib, and then they're running around all over the place. And eventually, they get a job and move out of the house, hopefully, and all that. You know? That's the Christian life, you know? Then you have your young man. You look at these guys right here, you know, full of energy and all that. That's the Christian development. You, you eventually grow some teeth, you know? You get into it. Then your next stage is old man. Oh, I'm talking about old man. Sounds, sounds horrible. Grown man, let's put it that way. This we're talking about older men, people who have experience mature man, wisdom. That's what is expected of every believer. It's not normal to stay in the baby stage. We depend on our, on our pastor and the people in the church who know a little bit more about the Christian life. But eventually, we learn to feed ourselves, and then we show others how to feed themselves. I coined a phrase a, phrase a while ago, I call it, you know, burping children. Because that's kind of what it's like when you have to go out there and beg somebody to come to church after they've been in church for a while. That's the one thing. You shouldn't have to teach anyone to show up to church. You know, if you're a member of the church, you're there, there. Day in and day out. That's what you do. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't get that. I don't get it. Why you have to go out there and chase them and beg them to come in? It shouldn't have to be that way. Again, learning the Bible. It's true that in the Bible that there's some things that are very difficult and we will never learn them on this side of heaven. Deuteronomy 29, 29 reads, The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but these things belong, but these things which are revealed belong unto us and unto our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So concentrate your time in the things that we can 
learn and the things that God has revealed. There's plenty in the Bible that we can spend several lifetimes and we will never scratch the surface. Plenty. So concentrate on those things. Don't, don't get stuck on the things that you don't get. If you have questions, go see that. Uh, point number five. I'm moving right along here. Deuteronomy 6, verse 7. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. So what's the point there? All the time. You wake up, you read your Bible, pray. As you go through the day, listen to the Bible. Spend a few minutes here and there if you're busy working. When you come home at night, get in the Bible. Go to bed, read in the Bible. All the time, that's what you do. The point is that you need to get the Bible in your blood system. Once you get it in, you'll never be able to get it out. You know? <coughs> Even though this commandment was given to the Israelites before going into the promised land, it has an application for you and I today. The Bible is timeless. And we can all benefit from it by reading it, obeying it, teaching it to our children. Because this is what happens when people abandon the scriptures. Confusion takes over. And we have a lot of confused people out there. You know how confusing it is that boys think that they're girls and girls think that they're boys? That's confusing. I don't know how much confused you can get, but I don't think you can get more confused than that. Okay? But that's the problem we're dealing with right now. Everything that is right to an unsaved person seems wrong to them. It's upside down. You know, according to them, what we think that is right, and we know is right because it's, it's from God himself, according to them, is wrong. But God has a way of messing with the way of thinking for people who reject the, the, his word. Their way of thinking is turned upside down. They'll be happily marching towards the fires of hell, thinking that everything is just fine. And that's a reality. We're facing that right now. Just try to witness out on the streets. One of the things that I like to do is I usually go out on the streets, Santa Rosa Avenue. I've got two fishing holes in Santa Rosa Avenue that I visit constantly. It's the same story all the time, you know. Some people, they just want you to get out of their face. So they say, yeah, yeah, I'll be there on Sunday. For sure, for sure, I'll be there. They'll never show up. I've, <laughs> I've spoken to hundreds of people. Not one has shown up in here. They just don't come. But we have to go out there and get them because they won't come. If we don't go out there, they'll never come. You can only love the Lord when you spend time in the Bible and find out for yourself that we were purchased with blood. And that is the one thing that should never be taken lightly. And because Jesus died so we can have eternal life, to me, Christianity is unique among all the religions in the world. It's, not, uh, it's, it's just so different. If you look at all the religions out there, they all mix a little bit of truth in them. They put enough truth in it so they can send people to hell. And that's true. You know, just like rat poison. You know, every can of rat poison has a little bit of good food in it. That's what rats eat it, and eventually they die. And some of those liars are very good at what they do. <laughs> and if you don't know your Bible, they're going to trip you up. And they're gonna, really going to get you. So you, you need to know your Bible. This is why it's a good idea to bring our children to church. Introduce them to the Bible while they're little. 
That way they, they grow up. They won't get away from it. You know? Teach it. Teach the Bible to these children. Make it clear to them that without Christ they have no hope. You can ask any of these youngsters who have been saved here in this church. And they can tell you for sure where they're going. Because they have trusted in Christ as the Lord and Savior. They know where they're going. And this is the beauty teaching the Bible to young people. They grow up with the knowledge and the fear of God. And even though growing up in a Christian home doesn't guarantee that they will follow the Lord for the rest of their lives, I can tell you for sure that the things that they have heard from those who care about their soul will hunt them wherever they go. I have run into people who grew up in Christian homes and they have made a mess of their lives. And they always go back to that Sunday school teacher or their mom or dad or pastor who, who, who told them about the Bible and tried to, to raise them the right way. And they, they, they decided to do things their way and they made a mess of their lives. So the Bible will hunt them. And that's good. I always tell them, I hope that you never have peace until you come back to the Lord. You know, it's because they will when they do. So the chances, if you can even call this a chance, the chances of them becoming wicked are less likely because, again, the, the, what they know, they will, will, what they have heard will hunt them wherever they go. John 10, 27 and 28, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. First John five thirteen, These things have I written unto you, that believe in the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe in the name of the Son of God. These are basic things that every Christian should know. You should be able to quote them just like that when you go out. You can use these verses to witness to people. It is possible to know that you are saved. You know, that's one of the things that Catholics tell you, that you can never know that you are saved. They tell you that there is impossible to know that, but... If that's the case, God is a liar. Because right there it tells you that you can know these things. But if you know your Bible, you will stumble in your Christian life, I can tell you that. Missing church for people who don't read their Bibles is no big deal. Because when you neglect your Bible, neglecting church is is no big deal. You can stay home and feel very comfortable not thinking about your Christian family that is here wondering where is he or where is she. You know, they don't feel convicted. For me, the first time I heard people talk about being sure of their salvation, I wanted to know what that meant. And I can tell you that being sure of your salvation will empower you to go deep. You, go, you, wanna, you will want to go deep in the Bible. You don't just want to read a verse here and there. You really want to know what's in it. His word will dominate your life. And you will not be satisfied unless you're learning and growing in the things of God. The Bible is a beautiful treasure, I can tell you that. It's the only book that tells the whole story from the beginning to the end and beyond. The character of God is in the Bible. We can have confidence that we have a reliable document. You know, people say... A man is only a good, as good as his word. When it comes to the Bible, we're talking about the character of God. This is who God is. And you'll never know who God is unless you spend time in his Bible. That's the truth. 
Moreover, when you search and study the Bible, you need to be prepared to face people because they won't like you. People will just not like you. Because when you take, take a stand to do what is pleasing to God, you won't fit in. Even with your own relatives, you will not fit in. Without trying, you will make people feel uncomfortable. They just won't like you. Get used to it. It's the way it is. You know, the attitude of the people right now, from the national level to the individual level, is we will not have these men to reign over us. That's the attitude of the people, you know. Removing his Ten Commandments from all public places, rejecting what is good, rejecting the Bible in every area of our lives is what people are doing. But they don't understand that he will reign over this world one day, whether they like it or not. And we prepare for his arrival by spending time in the Bible. More can be said about this, but I need to shut up. I need to quit here. Um, just, this is just my, my personal thing. My way of thinking is I owe nothing to this world. That's just me. <laughs> I'm a rebel, I guess. I spent many years of my life avoiding people that I know for sure will get me in trouble. And when I went back many years later, I found out that the people who tried to get me in trouble are now dead or missing. So I knew I was doing the right thing. I just didn't know there at the time. But you know, when you grow up witnessing the brutality of ungodly people, it's very difficult to make it in life. The only thing that this world has to offer is death and destruction. Now that I got my own kids, my own family, the world system still still trying to influence my kids with everything that is contrary to God. I drive about 10, anywhere from 8 to 10, 12 hours a day every day. I, I see a lot of people every day. And I'm amazed sometimes to see how much the world loves to feed on garbage. Everywhere you go, people are feeding on garbage. From the music, to the movies, to the way they talk. It's all trash. Putting up with it sometimes is very difficult. In my prayers, every day, I pray to the Lord that he will come today. If he came today, to me, he wouldn't be soon enough. I know a good thing when I see one, and serving the Lord is a good thing. When I learned, I'm a slow learner, but when I learned that I could have eternal life for free, I didn't turn it down. You can't turn that down. There is no gift like salvation. And to know that it's free and available to anyone who is willing to acknowledge that he is a sinner and willing to accept that gift, he will receive it. Living a life that glorifies God is not easy. It never has been easy. If you want to know what it's been, read the books of church history and you will see the road where the gospel has traveled is paved with blood. Millions of people have died as a result of this because we take a stand to do what is right. Uh, in Colossians 3.2, Paul tells us how to do it. He says, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Again, serving the Lord has never been easy. Christianity has always been surrounded by opposition. But we need to be faithful to the Lord 
and keep searching his scriptures. Psalm 119.105 Thy word is a lamp, unto, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The light of the scriptures is our only hope because they show the way to eternal life. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Roanoke Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Roanoke Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.